Hello and welcome to the NRL Show, the podcast for all motorsports fans who love rugby league. I'm your host, Lainey. The first week of finals has passed us and we are into the second week of finals for the 2023 NRL season. We farewelled two teams, but those two teams didn't want to bow out without a fight. So it was a physical round and we are a little unsure how the surviving teams from those matches will recover to face new opposition for week two of finals. On the show today, I'm joined by our wonderful panellists, Emma and Lachlan, and we will bring you our analysis, previews of the matches ahead, and share how we really feel about the four teams playing the two matches this weekend. We unpack the finals matches in week one, and at the close of our previews, we spend some time talking about some of the team movements, what judiciary outcomes will mean for a player that has Las Vegas on his mind and has methods to serve his penalty as soon and as early as possible. We've got so much to talk about, so let's get into it. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Sports NRL show, everyone. I'm your host, Laney, and I am joined today by my wonderful panellists, uh, Lachlan McIntyre, longtime West Tigers supporter, future team manager of uh, Wiggins and uh, IRL CEO. Hello, Lachlan. How are you and how was your week? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Lainey. Uh, great week. Finals football finally here. I say finally, but it always happens so quickly as well. So a lot to talk about as we head into week two. But yeah, going great. What about you, Lainey? I'm well, thank you, Lachlan. Um, I'm a little bit in disbelief that the season's coming to an end so soon. I'll be among the many who are, I think, just wondering where all the spare time um, has suddenly come from after the grand final. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's it can only mean good times with the weather um, that we've got ahead. Uh, and also welcome and hello to our other panellists, Emma Lee Jamison. <laughs> how are you and how was your week? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah, had a pretty chill weekend, got to watch some footy and that's about it. <laughs> you don't have any rugby matches, do you? So you've just been really enjoying the weekend. Yeah, it was actually a good weekend. We sort of had a delayed uh, Mad Monday kind of thing on Saturday for the girls and yeah, it was pretty fun. And it was actually my wedding anniversary on Sunday. So that was a good way to top off the weekend as well. Cool. Well, congratulations um, and uh, happy anniversary. Um, all of the team here can tell you that marriage is fun. <laughs> well, yes, I can, I can definitely attest to that. <laughs> Thanks, Lachlan. All right. So let's get into uh, some of the um, sport that we saw over the weekend. So there were four matches for the first week of finals and two teams are definitely no longer proceeding. Uh, their campaign is over. So that's the Canberra Raiders and the Cronulla Sharks. So the Newcastle Knights in a tight match against the Canberra Raiders and Newcastle ended the Raiders campaign with a final score of 30 to 28. So that match was pretty much neck and neck uh, until Hudson Young was offside inside the 10 metres to get a penalty kick to the night and while they were in extra time. So it was quite edge-of-your-seat type of um, stuff. Emma, did you catch that game? And what do you think about the 10-game win- winning streak for the Knights now? Crazy. Yeah, I was in and out of watching that game and I just couldn't um, couldn't really believe it. And it just seemed to go on forever, actually. Like that... Um, yeah, that sort of golden point, I just was like, why has this not, why is, what's happening? I, I don't know what was going on, that both teams sort of seemed a little bit hesitant to really finish it. Um, but, yeah, crazy game and um, good on them for <laughs> for making it through. Like I said, that the Raiders didn't really deserve to be there last week and um, 
I'm pretty pretty excited to see that the Knights, yeah, really, really stuck it to him in the end and pulled through. So see how they go this round. I, I felt initially that the Knights would be able to, um, you know, in front of their home crowd really just uh, put it on the Raiders, to be honest. But I think a bit of the pressure got to them, you know, nine wins on the trot. They've got to know that, you know, at some point they're going to lose, right, unless they go all the way, right? So uh, a lot of pressure on them in front of that sold-out crowd. I think that's what got to them. But the important thing is they got the win. They managed to uh, fight back from that early hole they kind of dug for themselves and gritted it out in the end. And that's what matters. And now it's on to the next week for them and a whole whole other challenge. So I think for them it's important just to put that game behind them and uh, be able to move move into this game against the Warriors with, um, I guess, a fresh mindset. Yes, indeed, indeed. And we all tipped the ninth, actually. So uh that it turned out the way we had expected. Uh, the other match was the Sydney Roosters dismantled the hopes of the Cronulla Sharks team in front of their loyal fan base at Shark Park. The match was eventful. Certainly, as you said, Emma, it was going to be a bit grubby. Uh, it, it turned out that way. But Lachlan, you thought that the Roosters could limp through and this this feels like they scraped through by their fingernails here. Did you watch that game and um, you thought it was going to be a Sharks victory, but any thoughts on that particular match? Yeah, I was a bit frustrated um, by the Sharks at times, I guess. I think they should have gotten the job done there. They should have been a bit better and finished that one off. The Roosters were in all sorts of trouble. Uh, injuries, obviously, Teddy in the bin. So, yeah, if I'm a Sharks fan, I'm really, really disappointed by that. I think it feels like a an, an adequate way to end their season for the Sharks, though. It feels like it pretty much sums it up. Um, never really in it in terms of the top teams and just kind of hanging in there. And the Roosters, they know how to win these games. They, they've they gotten into the finals because they deserve to be here, really. They've they've managed to – they're in a tough position mid-season and they got the results to get into the eight and now they've gotten the result to get into this week. And who's to say they can't win again? Um, I'm a bit frustrated that they've come all this way considering some of their uh, poor performances during the season. But I think I've also got to give them some credit. So, yeah, good job to the Roosters for managing to win despite – seemingly everything going against them in that game? Um, for me, quite predictable that it was close. I was really having struggle um, trying to figure out which team would get it. Uh, I just feel like the Sharks had a much stronger start to the season, but let's also remember that we've probably been rubbishing them for a good last part of this the season and um, saying that, that they're on their way out time after time on the podcast, like just saying that, that they weren't really impressing us. Um, and I'd also said that about the Roosters. So now that they've sort of um, had to scratch and claw their way into the top eight and now into finals as well, um, yeah, they're really playing with a lot of grit um, and playing, yeah, definitely a lot different to how they were started. And like you said, it's a bit frustrating that it's come to it now when they could have, like, why has it taken them so long to pull it together but I was even right before kickoff I was struggling because I just felt like they were both in the same sort of um level to me like mm. a, um I, I knew it was going to be a close game but for it to be that close I didn't yeah didn't, I, I remember I your comment Emma last week when you said that they're pretty much the same team to you like you don't see much difference between the two of them and then when mm. this game was playing out I kept thinking about that comment of yours and I thought all it's going to take is someone who's out of the teams, the one who's more hungry with the better skills <laughs> instead of, um, you know, get themselves over the line here, and that's what happened. And actually, I don't know what you guys think, but it was Sam Walker 
um, who's the one who kicks it over. And Sam's actually, I think, what he was, he had a few sort of injury issues that um, he was uh, trying to sort of work through over the season. Then he got dropped to reserve grade, and now he comes back in time for finals. And he's just looking like a real hero. It's, I don't know, what's going on, Trent? Yeah, that was very interesting to me as well. Um, yeah, I never really paid much attention to him, if I'm being completely honest. All right, thank you both. Um, any further comments about the uh, the farewell of those two teams? No, I think it's about time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am kind of glad to see the last um, press conference from Ricky Stewart, though. Uh, I think I'm not going to miss that. Yes, I can um, back that up. <laughs> thank you. All right, so we've got two matches ahead, one on Friday and Saturday, which means the Brisbane Broncos and the Penrith Panthers are already secure in their semi-final spot, and both teams have a rest uh, this coming week. So the Penrith Panthers, they took full advantage of a travelling New Zealand Warriors output as they hosted the Kiwis without one of their key players, Sean Johnson. It was exactly as I suspected, uh, and the Panthers ran all over the Warriors with a final score of 32-6. to six. Uh, There isn't too much more to say about that match. Both teams are getting another match and their hopes are still alive. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos, they beat the Melbourne Storm on Friday night, leaving the Storm's Storm scoreless. The final score was 26-0. Team, I remember Gabby saying a few episodes ago that she wasn't sure that the Melbourne Storm were going to make the grand final, and I heard the apprehension that she even had in her voice admitting that truth. But after that performance on the weekend with the dominance from the Broncos, Gabby could certainly be right. Like, and she even said she was hopeful that Ryan Pappenhausen wouldn't re-injure himself and the scenes at Lang Park were pretty sad. I know I was at home in shock. Emma, what were your thoughts on that match? I know you and I sort of exchanging virtual tears about Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's honestly the biggest thing to come out of that game is um, Paps' injury. And I think for everyone that was in that crowd and watching it on TV and just the whole rugby league community in general, I think we all probably felt that a lot um, just knowing what he's been through already. And he's such a player that um, everyone sort of loves and like kids look up to him and he's just seems like such a great guy um, in, just in general. But after the amount, he was 400 and something days that he'd been in rehab trying to get back from this knee. He's gone overseas, worked with some of the best people in the world to put in the work to come back and to only play a few games and then have a completely different just freak accident like that. Um, and it looked like I know they didn't want to show much, too much of it because it did look disgusting, but um, just you could see in his face that it wasn't even the pain that he was upset about. It was you just know what he's going through um, and what he knows that's <laughs> that making me emotional just thinking about it. You just know what he is thinking that that means for him and it's just it's just devastating. Um, and I think we can all agree that that's it's just a horrible, horrible thing to happen, but thinks that further news has come out since then that it wasn't actually a compound fracture, which means the skin didn't break, um, which is really good news because it means that there's not as much risk for um, infection, but he still had to go through surgery and it'll still be a long uh, road to recovery. I think they're saying that he might be available um, round one. Honestly, I think that's a bit too optimistic, <laughs> but um, if so, that's that's, I think, really good news and Hopefully a bit of a silver lining for him there. But, um, yeah, definitely in my thoughts for sure. Yeah, both of you were right uh, saying that you should have backed the Broncos uh, for that match. <laughs> and I and, and like I remember I was saying I'd been backing the Broncos 
thinking that they'd beat the storm. And then, you know, I decided I'd like, you know, what, tip a golden point victory at extra time to the storm. And then that happens. Scoreless. Absolute scoreless. I just couldn't believe it. I thought, of course, my luck. Obviously, these two teams are difficult for me to, I think, really uh, pick any certainty with, with, my, with my tips because, yeah, wow, what a game. Um, too good. They're serious about that premiership hopes. And, um, yeah, they definitely didn't give him an inch. So, yeah, that first game that we've got coming up is actually between the Melbourne Storm hosting the Sydney Roosters um, in Melbourne. Um, so this will be an interesting match as the Storm have defeated the Roosters in every meeting this year. And the Storm are coming off a loss last week against the Broncos, as a, as we mentioned earlier. And the Roosters have five straight wins coming into this match. You know, in the lead up to um, this particular moment, I can't believe this. Like, here we were talking about how they just are limping through or scraping by. Um, they seem to have a better win record coming into this against the storm emma this match right it's down in melbourne it's i mean it really is a uh do or die um can you tell us what can we expect with this particular um match coming going forward yeah well as you say last week storm they just they just lacked what they needed um there was a lot of hype about how i remember reading out the stats last week and it seemed all in storm's favor and there was a lot of hype about how Broncos hadn't beaten them in so long and so long at uh, Suncorp and all that. But if you really look back at the season that we've had, it wasn't really, it shouldn't, if you didn't look at those stats and you just looked at the two teams over the season, you shouldn't really have been shocked that the Broncos won because they've just had so much, just, they've just had so much of a better season and they've been really strong the whole, whole year. Whereas the Storm's kind of been a little bit um, all over the place, I think to say the least. They just, yeah, they just haven't had this the season that we know the Storm have. But saying that they're still in the finals and they're still, in my opinion, have a very real chance. Um, I think they had a very disjointed attack last week. They just seemed to be trying too hard, um, couldn't get anything to work. I was just watching them run under the ball time after time and they just never mentioned to fool the Broncos um, into giving them any space. They just were trying the exact same move. Like, just got, like every single tackle, they were just trying to do the same thing and I'm not too sure why they kept trying to do that thinking that something was going to, going to happen, um, but the Broncos, just their defense was just insane. But saying that, like, the Storm don't lose twice in a row, and I think for them um, losing by such a big amount, it's probably the best thing for them because coming into this game, they will be fired up. Um, it looked it looked like a funeral in the sheds after afterwards the game. I know that like, they would have been pretty upset about Paps, but it was also <laughs> about how poorly they played. and. Um, yeah, I think I think that's probably going to be an actually a benefit for them coming into this game because they have a lot to play for. They've got that pride that they're going to need to defend. Um, and now it's still a die. They don't have another chance to really prove themselves. And against the Roosters, hopefully for them, it's uh, a little bit easier. Um, but both these te- both times these two teams faced off this year, the Storm has won. And I don't really see a reason for that to change this time around. I know the Roosters have had a pretty solid end to their season, but I just still think that the Storm is performing far better than they were at the start of the year too. Like I know maybe it's not as doesn't seem as good as the Roosters, but it's still better. It's still an improvement from where they were. I think both teams have finished the season out a lot stronger than at the start. The Storm have actually scored 595 points this year. Uh, while the Roosters have only scored 446, the Storm have conceded 437 and the Roosters 484. So just on stats like that, there is a 
still a fair distance between them. So looking at the games that the Roosters have won, thinking like, oh, yeah, they're having a better season, but it's still overall not not in the same ballpark, really. But then when I compare the team lists starting in the halves, I'd personally much rather have Munster and Jerome Hughes over Luke Keery and Sam Walker. I know we were talking about um, how Sam Walker's kind of all of a sudden he's just randomly like a hero, but I would still prefer to have Munster and Hughes. However, I feel like last week this, they just weren't really gelling together and they couldn't seem to pull anything off like I was speaking about. But um, I think the week off really could have got to them more than it got to the Broncos. So all through the season having a buy some for some teams it works, some teams it's actually worse and the Broncos managed to do well off it. But the Storm, I think those boys like Munster is such a um, eyes up sort of instinctive instinctive player and that's where he does all his magic but I just feel like he didn't have that same instinct to really gel with with the boys around him and um, I think that's just coming off having that time off and maybe they were a little bit in their heads a bit he did say after the game like he took full responsibility for it and they said they know what they have to do and I fully expect them to come back out and really turn it around this week in terms of fullback I don't think Nick Meany has the finals experience that Tedesco has um, and I think we will probably notice that a little bit. But I've also been fairly vocal this year about Teddy being a bit overrated. Um, and I think it's moments like this where we might see him try to sort of prove to people why why they do think he's – some people still think he's the best, and I think he'll be trying to come out and prove that. But um, Nick Mean, he's, he's currently the leading – like he's the second highest point scorer for the year. Um, he's got 216 points, and then there's Teddy who's only scored – 44. I know it's not always about points, like he could be doing a lot of other stuff in the game, but looking at that, that's that's huge. <laughs> so if he comes out and starts scoring tries, like, yeah, that's going to make a big difference too. And there's uh, Nat Butcher. He's actually second in the comp for tackles made with 1,019. And then Harry Grant's fifth with 986. So both of those players are going to be huge for defence. Harry's also coming fourth in missed tackles, so with 97 for the season. So I think it just really shows how much work he's actually doing out there. Like sometimes he might not be able to actually tackle the players, but he's never stops trying and he's just there all the time. I think it'll be interesting to see Brandon Smith go up against his old team again. Uh, I think he'll be playing for a lot of pride, but to be honest, I think he's underperformed for my expectations at least this year. And again, I'd rather have um, Harry Grant. The I think, again, like I said before, the Broncos just really dominated Melbourne last year, but I think that the Roosters just don't have the same stuff to throw at them that the Broncos did, and I think we'll see a different Storm team. For me, it's going to be a, uh, a either a really close game and the Roosters will win or Storm will come out and do a lot of damage, um, but that's just me. For the team list, the main changes we've got, Xavier Coates um, for the Storm, he's out after picking up an ankle injury last week. So Ramus Smith is going to come in on the wing. And then Justin Olam has been recalled in the centres to replace young Tonamont Pia, who suffered a head knock against the Broncos. And with Paps going undergoing surgery, we've got Alec McDonald um, coming in onto the bench and for only his 13th appearance of the season. And Grant Anderson is the 18th man. For the Roosters, Joseph Manu is still out with his hamstring injury. And Billy Smith has actually broken his jaw. And Joseph Swaley is concussed. So they are all out. 
So Paul Momorowski and Corey Allen are the new centres and Jackson Polo comes in on the wing. Momorowski will play his first NRL game since round nine with Polo's last game was in round 12 against the Dragons. So sort of a couple of new faces to come in in the finals there. Uh, But the rest of the team is pretty much the same for both of them, I believe. So, yeah, like I said, I'm going Storm. But what do you guys think? I think um, no matter the result, this is going to be, I think, one of the games you'll remember this season by. Um, These two sides are used to playing each other in big matches. Uh, Of course, the 2018 Grand Final uh, rematch, which was the first of Sydney Roosters back-to-back premiership winning years. And obviously Melbourne, they're just such an iconic club in the NRL now. You know, champion players, champion team, champion club, we all know it. Uh, A bit of a clash of the heavyweights and they're two heavyweights that uh, perhaps haven't quite performed as well as maybe their coaches want them to this year. And especially in the Storms case last week, uh, really limping through that qualifying final in a pretty poor performance in my opinion. So when I'm watching this, I'll be really interested to to A, see how the Storm bounce back and B, see how the Roosters can, I guess, back up what was it, five straight wins. But this is surely taking a lot out of them. They've obviously got injuries and they've had some big opponents to beat and tough games. Obviously, the game against the Sharks would have been very high adrenaline for all the players involved. Um, and it will be tough to you know, come off that narrow win and a week later with a bit of a uh, jigged up team and um, have to deal with the Melbourne Storm, who are a top four side this year. And um, even despite that loss last week, I just... You can never count them and they don't lose two in a row. So I'm going to go Storm. Um, but again, I do feel it's kind of similar to last week. I, I would not be surprised to fall if the Roosters limp through. Uh, they know how to win in these finals games, but so do Melbourne. So it, it could get scrappy. But to be honest, I think this is just going to be a, a great spectacle of footy. And either way, yeah, I don't mind about the result too much. I just think it's going to be a great, great game and I hope it goes down to the wire. Yeah, um, I think I'm probably leaning a little bit to more, uh, a little bit more towards Storm. But you know, I definitely take the point, Lachlan, that you make about how Roosters just seem to, you know, have obviously that. I don't know whether it's muscle memory <laughs> or whether it's just um experience of how to just get themselves over the line. And and I actually wonder just how tired they're going to be after just trying to um, edge that win as they did in the last round. So, and they're pretty much fronting at the same team. I see they've got like what three outs, Billy Smith, Joseph Munro and Joseph Swali. I know that they've been unusual um, players that haven't necessarily formed consistently, but I think because they were always playing in very different positions that people were certainly unsure about um, uh, what the Roosters were trying to achieve very early on in the season. But it, again, they've, they've, they've gone past that teething issue of, um, you know, working out positions. They seem to have found where that is now. I think the Storm have sort of known who they are and what their um, what their roles are a lot longer than the Roosters have. And, you know, they know where to self-correct, um, you know, and, and pull themselves together for a win. Um, I am quite um, interested to see that the Storm have decided to um, pull up um, into their reserves, um, Swalo Viva Alongo, especially after that um, game that he had against the Broncos when the Storm just kind of, you know, really outclassed, well, these those two reserve grade sides that um, faced up against each other. But he's certainly someone that everyone's been talking about that has that X factor. Looking at most of the um, squad that's lining up within the Storm side, 
they all know how to put in the work and they've certainly proved throughout this season that um, they've got the goods and they can, um, you know, back up after each week without an issue. Although um, last week, watching them against the Broncos, I, th- I think like for all of the talk that we had about um, what those two sides were going to be against each other, Broncos showed up and said, we're a grand final team, Storm, you can piss off. That was the way they played. That, that I mean, that they were, they were, I think, silencing a lot of people who had been, um, you know, banking on, um, you know, Storm to come in there and repeat and repeat and repeat with that particular hoodoo that had been hanging around. But like, I remember, like I had come and because I was flying back and I got there at half time to watch the match at home. And I remember asking my my um, husband and my brother, and I said, who's winning? And they said, the way that the Broncos are playing at the moment, they're just playing so well um, that Storm look like a team that shouldn't even be playing football at all. In fact, if you were to, like they said, if you were to have like completely fresh eyes of people, um, like, you know, come in and watch that match and ask them, which team do you think is um, that's had an um, overwhelming number of victories against the other, a lot of people would have said it was the Broncos um, in that match rather than the Storm. So, I mean, like there was a lot of strength there, but, I mean, there's certainly a lot of lessons that they're going to take away from um, that match. I imagine Storm are going to come in quite strong quite quickly to try and prove a point here. Much like you say, Emma, they're going to come in strong and and very quickly just in, you know, have that margin very, very large. So there's going to be a lot that our roosters will have to um, try and do to stay in the game for this. Just a, just a thought um, with the way uh, both teams have been playing. Um, I also um, take your point about Brandon Smith coming up again to his old team. Um, I don't think there'll be too many handshakes and smiles um, at full time at the end of this one, but uh, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I'm definitely um, tipping the storm for a win. I reckon it'll be around about... 12 to 14 points here um, is as much as I'm predicting. Melbourne fans will be happy. Yeah, I agree. I think if it's a storm win, it's going to be 12 plus, but if it's a Roosters, it could be golden point. Don't say that. You're just jinxing it now. (laughs) Luke Keery, would it be Luke Keery? Probably. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah, we'll see indeed. Thank you both. You know, great analysis on um, this match. Look forward to. It's going to be really interesting. I haven't actually checked the weather to see what it's going to be like in Melbourne, but if it's anything to go by recently, it's all going to be beautiful weather for football. All right. So for the last match, it's on Saturday in Auckland with the New Zealand Warriors hosting the Newcastle Knights. So the Knights are coming in hot, and I mean so hot, red hot, in fact. Uh, (laughs) I mean, they've got 10 straight wins under their belt. In straight wins. I honestly didn't think I'd be saying that about Newcastle Knights um, at, at the start of this season, but here we are. Um, and they're actually scoring really big points on their opposition. Lachlan, now I know, I know, and I can face the fact that my team, the Warriors, have been doing too well, especially this last two rounds. They're coming off two losses out of their last five matches. Knights have already just talked them up as like, you know, having 10 straight wins. We've had our own sort of injury issues and I know like um, our away record um, you know we thought was sound but yeah it's over in Mount Smart it's over in Auckland um, the Knights are going to be traveling over for this one and I'd say there's going to be a really big Kiwi crowd there to um, try and cheer this on to be a Warriors victory. Lachlan what can we expect from this match? Yeah there's a lot to talk about a lot to cover here a lot of little storylines kind of popping up as tends to happen when it's finals footy and we put the focus on each of these games. So firstly, in terms of, uh, I guess, logistics, the winner will meet Brisbane up in Brisbane in a prelim final. 
chance to be in the grand final up for grabs. And these are two teams that definitely didn't think they'd be in this position at the start of the season. So I think we've got to keep that in mind coming into this, that both of these teams definitely overachieving uh, this season. And uh, it'll be a shame that one of these clubs will come to an end, I guess, at the end of um, these 80 minutes or perhaps a bit extra. Also, the game being hosted in Auckland means a slightly earlier kickoff than would have been expected for the East Coast of Australia. So it'll be a Saturday afternoon game as opposed to that Saturday night, which we regularly expect for these two match rounds. Um, so it'll be 4 or 5 p.m. on the East Coast of Australia, that kickoff. Yeah, so as you were saying, Laney, the Warriors, two straight losses. They were beaten, I think, fair to say, very comfortably by Penrith last week. So a lot of pressure on them now to, I guess, not put this season to waste. Um, it's been a season that even the most diehard fans wouldn't have expected. And um, for them to come this far and get into the top four, um, I think they'll be very, very disappointed if this is the end of the road for them. So they've got a lot to play for. They'll be in front of hopefully a sold-out Auckland crowd. A lot to play for. Uh, it's also the first time they're back in front of their home fans since they beat the Dragons 18-6. to um, a few weeks ago that game was. So they've been in Australia uh, since then playing their games. So hopefully for them, a return to their home fans will give them that pump up that they need. But what will also uh, pump them up a bit is their star halfback's return, Sean Johnson. He was a withdraw from their finals game last week due to injury, but it looks like he's set to play as of Tuesday. And uh, Warriors fans will have their fingers crossed that, that stays the same. Uh, Dylan Walker, his replacement, is back to the bench with Freddie Lussick to 18th men. And it's it's expected that Walker will just slot into the halves in the unlikely case that Johnson does not take to the field on Saturday. Um, otherwise, no real changes for the Warriors. Um, so, yeah, they're really going to need to find something within them to, to bounce back from that very comprehensive loss, especially against the Knights team. As you said, Laney, on 10 straight, um, at the start of the season, I don't think I would have tipped any team to win 10 straight this season, uh, especially since how even it was at the start and how there was no real club taking control of the competition early on. So for Newcastle to do this is no small feat. And last week, they, I guess, showed how tough it is to, to maintain this. They almost bowed out under the pressure of it all in front of their sold-out crowd at Newcastle against um, a Raiders team who were really up for the fight. They were down early, managed to fight their way back and then let Canberra back into it. But it was a, a penalty goal that proved the difference in the end and extra time. I think their fans will be hoping to have it not go this down to the wire this week. I need a bit of time to recover. Everyone was on the edge of the seats, edge of their seats watching that game. So a whole city behind the Knights, and again, it's just another fairy tale story, just like the Warriors. And I, I really don't want it's a it's a very different game to the other game on Friday night. This is a tale of two underdogs instead of the two big clubs, and it is a real shame that one of these clubs will be going home. In terms of team news for the Knights, uh, Jackson Hastings and Lachlan Fitzgibbon were the casualties from that win last week. Um, Hastings, with that recurring, he's kind of been plagued by injury quite a bit now towards the back end of this season, which is unfortunate for the Knights. Uh, his replacement is, is Adam Clune, very competent halfback. He, I think, finished the regular season in the number seven jersey for Newcastle. And Dylan Lucas is Fitzgibbon's replacement in the Ford pack. Being played in Auckland, I think, will be, I think, 
Newcastle might, um, this might actually play into Newcastle's hands a bit, uh, considering, I guess, how much noise there is in Newcastle at the moment. Um, maybe it will just be good for them to get away from all that, get away from Australia even, and just um, be able to play some footy. But also the Warriors in front of their home crowd, um, I think that's also going to play into their hands. So it's really hard to call this. I'm going to go Knights in a close one. I don't see the Warriors. I just I can't see them winning this, unfortunately. Especially after last week, I think I think I'm out of words. Is it's what I am. I'm going to go Knights by two. Um, yeah. What do you have to say to that, Lenny? I know you really want the Warriors to get up in this one. I, I look. I'm pretty nervous actually um, about this. Um, I mean, there's a lot that you have said that I absolutely agree with. <laughs> it's kind of. And like I think, like statistically, these two teams they're kind of even as well, like over their history. Uh, maybe not so much over the season. When I watched that that game that um, the Warriors had against the Panthers last week, there were so many moments where I thought to myself, "Are you really all just sitting around relying on Sean to be the one to come up with opportunities and in order to get these plays for you? Surely you can't be doing that. You've been all playing together as a team. You've had like, you know, others come in to fill that spot, but it, it just felt like no energy, like really lazy. And, and I understand that there's a lot of leadership that comes from being in the middle and helping to sort of like guide your team, but just no one stepped up. No one did anything, which really, really worried me because I thought, you know, is this is this what we've got to look forward to as fans? We've gotten behind you, and you know, you you can't even um, like work it out, um, even if it's for the Panthers. And the Panthers just ran all over them and made them look like a bunch of high school kids. And, and like, so I'm I'm being quite honest here about my my assessment of my team because, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm taking a leaf out of um, Gabby's partner's book, but sometimes you got to be real um, and not be one eyed and look at your side. And 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 I've kind of felt like they they have only really been scraping through with their victories lately. When they were, um, you know, handed their behind um, last week by the Panthers, it's probably the exact shakeup that they needed. So hopefully they've spent some time this past week uh, working on what they need to improve to get to a point where they're able to really contest and beat the Knights. The Knights, though, I'm going to say, after that match they had against the Raiders, I reckon they've put everything on the field there. They are going to be tired. I reckon there's a lot that they're going to be trying to recover from from that match. And then they're also travelling over there with a different time zone as well and the preparation that they've got to find. So, I mean, part of me thinks that this is definitely in favour of the Warriors to win. I can't give you um, a comfortable margin that that, um, that I think that, uh, that I can with any confidence say will be it. But... Again, if we're going to go by the record of what their last few matches have been, it's all been within, what, two, four, six sort of points. Um, and the Knights show that they've certainly got a lot of fight to try and keep that margin quite low. I mean, alongside, um, like, if you have a look at the team list, I mean, Dom Young, <laughs> you know, versus, like, Dylan Watanez-Zelezniak is a winger. I mean, like, Dom Young is the highest, like, he's got the most points. He's the biggest um, try scorer at the moment, um, I think. I think he's he's definitely up there. He's certainly got more than Dallin. Um, and then, like, Dane Gagai, who's another guy from um, from the Knights, who, yeah, he is a bit of a seasoned player and um, a veteran. But, like, I can see him, like, being able to still be just as effective and run around a lot of these guys at the Warriors. There are too many moments where I see them trying to figure out what they're doing. Their defence really just folds, really folds, and people run right through them. And I love... Dallin, don't get me wrong, but there was a moment where I saw him when he was trying to defend on the wing on his side where he just let a player run through and all he did was stood there without his feet even moving to chase him and have his hand out. That is not NRL level footy to me. That is not how you defend um, your your wing. And like I just kind of felt that 
just without Sean being there, they were all a bit, um, I don't know, bit out of their uh, out of their equilibrium of sorts. But there are just a few too many players over at uh, Newcastle Knights that show that they work to the eighty minutes and they work hard. Um, and who could, who I can see, run around quite a bit of the Warriors players here. I have got hopes that because they're at home, they are in front of their home crowd, and that they will get that you know that lift in their game. Um, that they'll be able to have just that little bit more of an advantage uh, to be able to uh, defeat the Knights. I should also point out that, um, like, Adam G is the referee, and because Adam's just one of those referees that tends to move very quickly with the speed of play, um, he doesn't always um, sit on his whistle. And between these two sides, I actually think he might be the best um, official uh, to officiate this match so I'm actually also looking forward to this being not one of those matches where it's going to be too scrappy and um, you know simbins and all that sort of stuff because it's just going to be a, hopefully a good play um, and roll on without um, too much on uh, on the whistle from the officiating that's my thoughts what about you Emma? Well I think it all comes down to one thing and it's whether SJ is fit or not um, if he can play and he can um play like we know he does I think that the Warriors have very good chance um I think that the Warriors have some really great plays in there and some of like the best stats are in uh players on the Warriors team so I think the team list is not an issue for me but I think they really need him for direction and um they're a little bit lost without him um I think he's a far better halfback than Adam Clune and when you match up stuff like that I think that's um, I think it's really in the Warriors' favour. And like you were saying, the, the Knights are going to be pretty tired. They literally had to leave everything on the field last week and um, the Warriors are playing at home. They don't have the travel. Plus they really got pumped last week. They're going to have a lot of um, motivation, I guess, um, to come out and, and really just prove that they still want to be there in front of their home, their home side. Like after the amazing season that they've had, I think it would just be – devastating for them to lose in front of their uh, home crowd. I think the whole, well, it seems like to me the whole of New Zealand is just really, really behind them at the moment. And, and yeah, I think that will possibly be able to get them over the line. But like I said, it just, if Sean Johnson's not there and he's not fit, I think that the Knights will be able to keep on with their winning streak. To the winning streak for the Knights, um, I feel like every time we say that, like now they've got 10 in a row, it sort of makes it seem like they're doing, like they are doing amazing. Um, Don't get me wrong with that, but they've only had 13 wins for the season. So yeah, they've had the last 10 wins in a row, but that means the, the, what was that, like 17 games before that, something like that, Um, they only had three wins. Like they've managed to pull it all together in the, in the last sort of 10 weeks and they've found their winning formula and I think they are going great with that but I don't know how long they can keep up with the pressure when to only have three wins in the in the rest of the season before that is just um a little bit odd to me but not that that means anything because it is it's what they're doing now is what's important yeah I think just a bit of perspective there the Warriors have still had 16 wins like I know it's only another three but it's still they've been consistent um throughout the season and I mean, it was the Panthers last week. I know they got beaten by a lot, but did anyone really expect them to beat the best side in the comp? Like no one else has been able to do it. The Tigers so, did it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm finding it really hard to pick just because 
I don't want either of them to go home. I think they've both, like, at the start of the season, I had the Knights picked to be my wooden spoon team. So for them to be this far in the finals with 10 winning streaks, like like a 10-game winning streak, I think that's good on them. And, like, I I hope that they keep going and make it all the way. But I also hope that with the Warriors because it's been such a great season for them and I know everyone's um, excited to see them do so well after such a rough couple of years. It'll be, yeah, it'll be devastating for them to go home too so I don't want to I find it hard to pick one because I don't I kind of want them both to win if Sean Johnson's playing um it's got to be the Warriors for me I think I know he's listed and he should but the Knights definitely have the potential to do it if everything goes well for them and they can back up from last week that's my thoughts you also forgot to mention that it was actually the Cowboys that also beat the Panthers this year, your team. So both your teams had beat the Panthers this year. My team has not. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that, and, and I have to go back and check the records, but it was around about the time that Kalen Ponga had moved into the fullback position in which we started to see the, the Knights really change in terms of their performance and the way they were just sort of lifting their game. Because like very early on, you could see that like I think it was like the first um, three or four rounds when they had that tie with Manly um, after they got, like you could see that they've, they've certainly got the fight in them and they had a lot of elements in which, you know, they could be a great, great team, but they just were still just in need of tweaking um, obviously certain positions and they've done that and this is where they're at. I mean, I, I mean, I can certainly say that between the Knights and the Warriors, both of them would have to be absolutely content and very happy with where they ended up, you know, at the end of the season. Um, Like there wasn't a lot of hope that people had about the Warriors after the last few years and certainly um, not with um, the Knights because they were just, they weren't even in many people's radars. Like I've just brought up our um, top six or top eight teams that um, we had discussed and we had predicted would make it. And Gabby had Broncos, Storm, Roosters and Panthers. Wooden Spoon, she had Dragons. Emma, you had Bronco Storm, um, would definitely um, be here. And you had Knights as your Wooden Spoon. Lachlan, you, for your um, sort of like remaining teams, you had Panthers, Roosters, amongst others that didn't make it. So, I mean, like, we're all, I mean, we're all pretty um, right in who we thought. I had Bronco Storm and Panthers, but none of us in our top six or top eight had even like thought to include the Knights. All the Warriors, and here we are talking about these two um, teams who are um, playing uh, this coming weekend. So, uh, I mean, like outstanding result for them to be where they're at. Um, and when you're saying which one of them is going to go home, well, the Warriors are going to be already home <laughs> where they can have a, a sorrowful party if they do end up losing. But they'll be in wonderful company from a whole lot of uh, fans and locals um, who, who I think can only walk away and be very proud very proud of what they've achieved this year and uh, their membership levels will probably skyrocket for next year um, as I'm sure the same will happen for the Knights so yeah it should be a good match yeah I'm excited I think it'll be yeah a good game either way um, and I think I think we're not the only ones in thinking that too like that uh, we want both teams to win I think most people would be happy to get behind either team and Whichever one makes it, they'll probably be cheering on them in the next round. Who would you rather see, um, like, make it there? Like, who, which which matchup are you excited to see? Broncos versus Warriors or Broncos versus Knights? I'd rather see Broncos uh, Warriors. Yeah, I think I'd rather see Broncos Warriors, but also I think I'd want the Knight. I'd prefer the Knights to win this game. I think just mm-hmm. to keep the trick going. So, 
Okay. It also means that either the Broncos or only one of these teams, there's only one of those three can make it to the grand final. It'll be the Storm or the Roosters that face up against the Panthers. Um, who would you prefer to see? Storm. Panthers versus Storm or Panthers versus Roosters? I want to see Panthers Storm. Yeah, same. Gosh. And if I'm being honest, I feel like the Storm are the only ones out of those two that have the chance to beat the Roosters. I mean, to beat the Panthers. Like, I don't see the Roosters beating the Panthers. They've yeah, got a few sure. players out there, the Storm, um, that I think they would have relied on to try and beat the Panthers, though. I think I yeah. saw Xavier Coates was out. Yeah. Um, and he... Pretty big for them. Yeah. Yeah, he is. But the Roosters do too, so... Mm. Like, I'm, I'm going to be a bit real here and say... I don't expect the Warriors to make it the way through the grand final, but, you know, bless if they do, I'm going to be happy about it. But I think too many of us are really, really psyched up to see what a Panthers-Broncos final looks like. Am I wrong? <laughs> I think that's the most realistic option and it'll be a pretty good game. <laughs> I would be so surprised. And I'm not going to lie, so surprised if the Roosters end up at the grand final. I will I will oh. honestly, like, yeah, I'd fly to the moon and back all year. <laughs> it won't happen. It won't happen. I, I've Of the six teams left, the Roosters, I think, are the team that are, I reckon are least likely to be there in the grand final. Yeah, too much against them now. And they just haven't shown that they can, you know, they haven't shown that they're a good team. Like all season, they haven't shown it. And I think that one win against the Sharks isn't really going to change anything. They might limp through this game, um, but, yeah, they're, they're not going to beat Penrith. So, Yeah, I agree. Okay. I was just going to say, um, as a fan, what's your thoughts on the whole um, up the pars controversy? Yeah, did you see all that? Someone said up the pars after they beat the Warriors and then it was this whole big thing that they were forced to apologise because – that's bad sportsmanship. And I was like, well, I feel like that's just banter. <laughs> but Yeah, it was Jerome Bly um, and his Instagram story with Up the Pars. You know what? It kind of says a lot about the character of a person and of a team if uh, that's the level that they get to um, when they win because you can be gracious winners and you can be like, you know, gracious losers, and I'm just going to be gracious about it on behalf of the Warriors fans and say no one cares except yeah. you, Luai, and except you Panthers fans um, who, uh, you know, feel this aching need to get under the skin of um, all of your opposition. It's like, do we get under your skin that much that you need to post stuff like this to get in our heads? <laughs> I'm not sure it was intended to get under anybody's skins. I think it was just... um happy that he won to be honest I don't think there's anything to read into it I think Panthers might have made an official post with up the pars and then Luai did it after they deleted it because they got backlash or something similar to that I think it's footy there's certainly not much um gracious winners in your early slash mid 20s I think that's fair game I, I I was a bit surprised by the backlash to be honest oh we didn't talk did we talk about um Jack White and yeah let's let's talk about it I watched the footage um, over again, and I think um, what happened was 
Uh, was it Tyson Gamble was the player who was on the receiving end of what um, looks like bite puncture marks in his arm with um, with slobber and saliva, I think it was. And then he appealed to the referee um, during that particular match um, about it. And I think Jack Whiten had actually come up and said something along the lines of, uh, what else was I supposed to do? He was pushing his arm into my face. <laughs> Who wants to kick off this discussion? Because this is what the second biting incident that we've now had this year. Uh, I know earlier we had the um, we had the NRLW uh, women uh, where one was suspended for biting, and now we've got this one. So close, Jack, towards the end of the season. You nearly came away without an incident but uh yeah any any thoughts and comments here i think it's um really tough to figure out like what like i watched it too and watching like the angles that we have is not really enough i don't think because uh tyson gamble's on top of him and he's got his head like pushing down on him as well and then his arms underneath like i get what like it sounds like jack whiten's um admitting that he's like bitten him like yeah what was I supposed to do but I think what he meant was like his mouth is open his arms there and he's pushing it down like there's going to be just as much of like obviously there's going to be bite marks on his hand not from a clenching the jaw but just from the pressure um because I don't like I don't think people intentionally go out and like he would be an idiot to to intentionally bite him so I get what he means. Like, I don't know if he did it or not. It's hard to tell. Like, obviously, his arm was in his mouth and there was bite marks and, like, he was saying slobber and all that sort of stuff. Like, I don't think that is up for debate, but I think whether it was intentional is hard to tell because, yeah, like, he's pushing down on his head. That's my opinion. But what I did find interesting um, was that apparently he, they were saying that he wanted to put his, like, was it? He he was trying to ask for um the judiciary to be held on the Wednesday because he had Mad Monday, like and he wouldn't have had enough time to prepare. <laughs> it was something like that. So obviously it hasn't happened because it's he's been found guilty. But um I thought they were saying like I thought the Raiders were asking him to to do it on Wednesday so he had enough time to prepare. And I thought apparently um he is considering changing his mind about whether he is eligible for rep so that he could possibly. Be, do with suspension like that so I thought that was interesting but anyway I don't know if that's true or not what do you think Lachlan well firstly I really hope that he does make himself eligible again uh for international just so he can maybe finally force um some people's hands of the stupid um suspension rules with that that you can serve suspensions in international games like that because that's just ridiculous that he could just say oh actually I'm going to play for Australia. Oh, darn it, I can't. I'm suspended. Like, yeah, that's rubbish. Um, yeah. yeah, as you said, you pretty much covered it. Hard to tell from the footage. They found him guilty, so I guess we'll go with that. Be interested to see, interesting to see how many weeks he gets. They haven't decided that just yet as we're speaking. But uh, I think Kevin Proctor got like five or six, something similar to that when that was – the last time we had biting in men's back in 2021, I think, for the Titans. So we'll see if there's maybe some mitigating circumstances here that brings the suspension down. But to be honest, um, I'm focused on these two games this week. Raiders are done for the season. And, yeah, I think 
Jack Wyden's length of suspension is something we'll be talking about at the start of next year. Mm. Won't he be playing for the Rabbits then? Yeah. So it's going to affect his uh, first couple of matches for them because they need someone like him, obviously, to come in and help them out. So, yeah, a slow start for the Bunnies then too for 2024. I wonder if the Raiders um, <gasps> have They're going to Vegas that. too. Yeah, they are too. I wonder if- yeah, so he, he won't get to go to Vegas. He'll probably oh, sure. still go. <laughs> Well, and I wonder if the Raiders um have have to defend the, have to defend them in the judiciary. Like, well, that's what that I was more originally that they said that they will put him up in the judiciary, but um, yeah, in the end, it's going to be the bunnies that suffer no matter what happens. But that they were going to, he's still under contract with them, so they defended him. Apparently, okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I, re- I reckon he's going to try and try and do whatever he can to still make that Vegas match. <laughs> I think he'll go. Well, I mean, suspended. <laughs> can you serve it in preseason as well? You probably can. If he could play, if he makes the Australian squad and then can't play because of suspension, and then what misses two or three preseason games, that's probably it. Like mm. he'll probably be background one. <laughs> I think you're right, though. Look, it's such stupid rules. I'd like to, I'd like this to force their hands to to change that because that's just it's it's so obvious that that's like if he's come <laughs> come out and said that he's changes his mind on the day he's meant to go to judiciary. Like, come on now, <laughs> we all know what's going on here. Yeah, so, yeah. Those rules need to change. Um, I saw that the Panthers have um, signed Paul Alamotti. From the uh, Bulldogs and yep. Brad Schneider from the Raiders, so that'd yeah, be interesting so to look forward to. Been, been at the Robins in in England for the past uh, ten weeks, and he's basically single handedly took them to their uh, to a Challenge Cup final, which is a very big deal over there. Almost won it, um, like very very close. Great game to watch. Um, so he got he had the match winning field goal that got them to the grand final, and then he also um, yeah, she's been playing. Really really well in the Super League and the Robins look like they're going to be up into the finals again. They're a bit of a, a struggling club over there and they've really been remaking themselves recently. Um, and Schneider's been a big part of that this season. So I'm excited to see what he does back in the NRL. Um, and I remember, I think it was round one last season where he started at halfback. Um, can't remember who it was who was injured, but he was a part of a few different young halfbacks that were starting and he really grabbed my attention. So excited to see what he can do in the Panther system. And out mm. young guns from that Bulldogs um, development sides that have been doing so well, same as Penrith, really. Um, they're the two powerhouses in New South Wales Rugby League at the moment. So exciting developments. Um, I also saw that Latrell Mitchell is going to be withdrawing from the Kangaroos squad. Um, what's the go with his is it because of his finger he may have to amputate it <laughs> yeah so that's why um so apparently he's been playing the last however long not sure how long with uh tendon injury in his pinky and they've tried to rehab it or whatever and get through the seat the rest of the season because now the option is pretty much he could have it in a splint for h for eight weeks which means he'll have to miss the kangaroos or else he gets it amputated 
So, and being his pinky, he's like, well, he uses that a lot to pass. So, I don't know, tough call. Over the weekend and said that, um, yeah, that he's going to either have to amputate his finger or have it in a thing for eight weeks because it's just not getting better. But, yeah, it's the troll's pinky apparently. But, yeah, you're right, like he's been – they've been so weird about his injuries telling what's actually going on. So, You know what? Look, I see it as um, a great opportunity for him to be a spokesperson for players out there that, you know, um, are missing a few digits and are still able to keep their career going. So, like, he can represent those players. And I also think it's um, probably great for him to take some time off. Yeah, I agree. I think he needs it. <laughs> Hopefully he'll come back with good calves as well. That's what you want. And that's a wrap for this episode of the NRL Show. Thank you so much, Emma and Lachlan. We missed you, Gabby, and we hope you can rejoin us soon. We wish the four teams playing this weekend a great second round of finals with no injuries, send-offs or suspensions. And to those of you heading out to watch any of the matches live, please be safe and have some fun. To our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode and grateful for you tuning in and hearing our musings and thoughts. We truly appreciate your support and please feel free to tell a friend about our show and some of the other shows we have here at Mojo Sports. We'd love for you to help us spread the word. So from the team here at the Mojo Sports NRL show, until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.